Hey guys, welcome to the Care Coach Lead Podcast. This is Andrew Frezza, and I'm joined by two of our Fit Town coaches today, Austin Bettigrew and Melissa Dixon. And in today's episode, we're gonna be talking about why your inability to sell is a sign that you're failing as a coach. And we've seen several examples throughout the years where coaches are adverse to selling. They don't wanna sell, they don't care to sell, they just want to coach. That's the thing you hear often, I just want to coach. And one of the things that's become really apparent to me from coaching, selling myself, as well as working with a lot of coaches out there is that when people are struggling to sell, it's a sign that there's stuff in their coaching that isn't up to the level that it should be either. Or or maybe you're not in a position to sell. Maybe you get handed clients, but you want to build your book of business and you're like, why is my book of business not building? Why am I not able to hold on to clients as long as I want to or add new clients? And likely there's skills that you need to develop that look like sales skills, okay, are going to translate to you being able to sell better, but you may not even think of them as sales skills. And it's really about you delivering a better service to your clients. That's ultimately what you need to do. And those skills that you're going to develop in delivering a better service to your clients are also going to happen to make you better at sales and will help you book, build your book of business. Okay, so we're gonna share some examples, share some of those attributes that we're thinking about and, and help you guys that want to build your book of business get these things dialed in, all right? So let's throw it over to you guys. What are some of the skills that you see or what comes to mind when you think about this topic? I think the first thing that that helped me early on when I was a really young coach was just reframing the sales conversation into being a goal setting conversation. I'm approaching it as if you are already my client and I wanna talk to you about what you wanna get out of me. Like what what do you want from me? Why do you need me? Why did you come here? How are we gonna get you there? And like thinking in those ways and, and I guess that lends itself to the skill of just like being really curious and asking a lot of questions um, to get to know that person deeply and start to get inspired on their story and why you want to help them. Yeah, and to piggyback off that, I think another thing you're doing is just listening to them. You, you're taking in or digesting everything that they're saying. You're listening, you're appreciating it, and then you're able to, like you said, create a plan to better move them in whatever direction that is that they were wanting to go. Yeah, and, and what I've noticed, so our process at the gym is, I've actually been doing a lot of our consults lately and when I hand people off, you know, they'll, they'll sign up and typical path for someone would be they sign up, they're doing five personal training sessions to get them ready for group classes as part of our 40 days to fit. So they're going to have five sessions with the coach, which is a good amount of time, you know, uh, five full hours with the coach. And, you know, we've seen where some coaches really invest. They are asking me a ton of questions. Hey, what did you find out about this person? You know, what are their goals? How can I help them best? Then they get into that first session with the person and they might go 45 minutes before they even start moving with that person because they're digging into their why. They're digging into uh, what they do for work and personal life and getting to know them. And they're getting that deep buy-in and it's not just, oh, my goal is to teach this person 30 exercises over five sessions so they don't hurt themselves in class, but how do I really figure out what this person is here for and how can I deliver that result? And then what we find is that the coaches that do that well, oftentimes they'll get three or four sessions in with a client 
and all of a sudden that client's buying personal training or that that person's switching out of group classes and they only want to do personal training or nutrition coaching because they've gotten now to another layer even beyond what we got in the console and they found that oh there's more to this story and i don't think group classes is going to be the best way to help them yeah i like it because you've kind of taken the pieces that we've said you've um, made it more actionable but then you're the one holding them accountable to all of that and i think uh, most clients in the you know in our intro sessions they can realize that really quick like oh my gosh like with let's just say coach jack with coach jack's help like i am going to stay more accountable than i would have on my own going to group classes maybe getting lost in the shuffle or maybe some days not showing up and things like that whereas having someone that's going to be on you every single day to make sure you know let's say you you signed up for three times a week like make sure you're getting three workouts a week or three whatever it is a week um, that that's actually being done and i had a funny example um one of my clients travels a bunch like he's he's in and out from here to new york all the time and we promised or i promised him and he promised me that three times a week was what we were going to do and if he can't come i don't charge him a pt session but he has to prove to me he likes peloton he has to prove to me that a peloton workout gets completed um, and i can check that box for the day he got his three into the week and then that's kind of how we hold ourselves accountable or i hold him accountable but um, yeah, that's just a funny example, but I think people appreciate that level of accountability and that's a big reason why they're paying you. Yeah, I, I really, um, even past holding them accountable is like being able to show them where what they're saying and what they're doing isn't lining up. Like, like you're saying, someone comes in, they're like, oh, I want to go to group classes. You sign them to a coach for five sessions. If you don't dig in those five sessions to find out what their true goals are. Maybe they want to lose a lot of weight and they're, they've been exercising their butt off outside of our gym before they came to us. Maybe they've been playing pickleball and doing like, you know, Peloton and doing all these things. They've been taking care of their fitness. They just haven't taken care of their nutrition. And if you're not asking that, you're just showing them the movements, sending them to class and never really helping them and not showing them where, Hey, what you're doing and what you're saying isn't lining up. Let's talk about how much alcohol you're drinking, how much food you're eating. Let's talk about your sleep habits, you know, and like, you know, trying to actually move that needle for them and showing them, look, eating this many calories is not going to get you where you want to go. when you say you want to lose 30 pounds and you're just coming here for group classes. Like this isn't, this isn't going to move the needle any more than the Peloton was outside of our gym. Yeah. That's another layer I was about to add on, which is the reason you're holding them accountable is because you most likely know what it takes to get to where they want to go. And if they're skipping days, missing PTs, you know, not eating well, like, you know that they're not going to get there. And the reason they paid you the money was to take them there. So if you're not doing that, then you're just doing them a disservice and you probably won't hang on to that client for very long. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of coaches that struggle with this because it's like, I don't want to be a hard ass. I don't want to be a babysitter. I don't want that's like, I don't want that role in, in how I want to be a coach, right? And I think that if we can, we can reframe this as your, yes, you do have to provide a little level of accountability, but back to what you said, Mel, is you just have to constantly go back to where are their words and actions not lining up and just show that to them, shine a mirror on it and just really get to the deepest truth of what you see, which is like, hey, yeah, I understand that you missed, you know, you were traveling last week, you were busy last week, um, and you know, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like I have no problems, but you also came to me and said that this time was going to be different. And you also promised me that even in your busiest weeks, you'd still give me three workouts. And 
I think moving forward that if we, if we really want to achieve the goals that you said, even in that last week, as busy as you were, you know what, I think we could have found time on Thursday morning. I think we could have made it happen. Next time around, let's work together to figure out a plan. I'll, I'll program you a workout. We'll get you on the Peloton. We'll figure out a hotel gym you can go to. Let's figure out a plan that we can keep some momentum going, even in the craziest times. And you just keep going back to like shining that mirror, helping them troubleshoot, giving them solutions. And you know, it's not gonna work out with everybody, but I think people are gonna see that, that you're bringing a level of accountability and authority to it that they haven't felt before. Yeah, I, it all comes back to me to a coach's mindset. So the coach that says like, I don't wanna be a hard ass or I don't wanna be a babysitter. I don't wanna have to be that you know, author- authoritarian is really just not able to convey how much they care. Because that's what it really boils down to. It's that I'm coaching you in this way because I care and I, and I need to shine this light on you. I need to show you that I can't care about your goals more than you do. I'm here for you as a support system. This is where we said we're gonna go. I'm walking this way, can you come with me? This is how you come with me. And if you can't change your mindset into this is how I care for someone and this is how I coach them, then you're never gonna be able to get them to get anywhere. And they're gonna be able to sniff that out too. They're gonna know the needle's not moving. They're gonna know that you're not the person that can really challenge them or or hold them accountable because that's why most of the people come to us is really for that, mm-hmm. especially nutrition coaching. Everyone can eat food. Everyone can do it. it whether or not they're going to eat the good stuff or the bad stuff is who who's watching them, you know? And so when it, when it comes to that, they know they came here for accountability. And if you're not holding them to it, then that's half of your bargain that you're not upholding. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a balance as you're talking. It's like, you have to be able to make space for someone and allow them to, kind of be heard and not feel judged by everything they do, mm-hmm. but also you have to know when to challenge them and you have to know when to, to show them that those actions aren't lining up. And I think that's the delicate balance that every coach has to find. I don't think you have to jump on every little fault and, and, and them feel judged by it. Um, but if they, can, if they can feel like you are making space for them, you're not judging them, but at the same time you're challenging them to be the best version of themselves, then I think that's the sweet spot that we're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can turn that into a lesson for them, I think my wife, Danielle, she does this way better than I do, which is her clients will go off the rails. Let's just say Thanksgiving, they just completely went off the rails. To her, it's like, okay, I can teach you something in this time, but also it's okay, we're gonna get right back on the bus. Like, we're gonna keep going. That was just like a hiccup, but we're good. And I like I take that away and like, okay, how can I apply this to like my personal clients? And it's the same thing. Like if if I didn't get three times a week, one week, it's it's not gonna stop anything. We're gonna get right back into it the next week and be good. Now if this turns into a habit, then that's something we have to address differently. Maybe that is where we have to be a more aggressive coach or whatever you wanna say, call that. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I like the balance, uh, the way of looking at it, like it's a, like it's balancing both of those. I think you, to Andrew's point, is like, it it does boil down to like the relationship that you build with that person too. Because I know based on the relationships that I have with my specific clients, I have clients who I can push really hard and who want me to push really hard. And I have clients who I have to be very delicate with and I have to toe that line a lot finer Mm -hmm. with I'm not being critical, I'm not judging you. And I'm, I'm, you know, 
trying to give a lot more leeway to without them, without the fear of them not thinking I'm holding them accountable. Like I need to give that buffer too. And I think if you don't, if you only have one style of coaching and you don't adjust it to the personalities that you're coaching, then you could just be, you know, in your mind kind of following this template of like, if they don't, I have to hold them accountable. And then you push people away because you're, you're not letting any kind of leeway happen. But there are certain clients too that they're, they really want you to push them and they want you to call them out on everything. And if you don't, it's kind of like a used car salesman. They're like, oh, I sniffed you out. You're not mm-hmm. going to hold me accountable and I'm gone. So it depends. Yeah. Um, one place that I want to bring up that popped up for me was scheduling. I think scheduling is a big place that coaches can can actually make or break their uh, their delivery with a client, their execution with a client. And what I mean by that is that if you're scheduling in in the places that are convenient to your schedule, then that could be one sign that you're not thinking about the client first and what do they most need and and then also, you know, one example that came up recently with us is that we had we had a coach that was just busy. I mean, he's been taking on so much, and he had a couple and he had a client that was away traveling a little bit, and then they had trouble coordinating when they got back, and they couldn't really make the schedules work. But like, how can you still work within that person's schedule, like oversee their their entire life, as opposed to just say, well, I'm their trainer and I'm just trying to line up a session. And overseeing their life is like, what can we do tomorrow that makes you feel like you're back on track post-vacation, even though I don't have the time or the tools to meet with you in person? And there's a level of ownership of, of that person's results and where they're at in that moment that I think you can take on even when schedules don't line up. Um, and that, again, that goes back to this idea of this three days a week, because that's, that's the thing I found myself saying the most in our sales consults is people ask me, how often should I come in? How often should I come in? I said, no matter what, no matter how life busy gets, uh, busy life gets, you gotta give me three days a week. And if, if that coach via scheduling is just too wishy-washy with things, it takes away from the power of that statement. Mm-hmm. And once that statement loses power in their minds, then they, it, it, they just don't follow through. Yeah, that, that's a big component of leading by example. If you're going to tell your clients they need to give you three days a week, you've got to figure out how you're going to fit them three days a week. Yeah. Like you can't, you cannot not be there for them when they're making a lot of time for you too. Like to this, to them, this is a huge schedule change. This is a huge adaptation for a lot of people are committing not only a lot of finances, but trying to move around. Like they might have a wife at home who's like, I can't believe you're going to the gym again. This isn't going to work because you've done this 10 times before. And you know, there might be a lot of things that they're fighting outside of that one hour they're committing to you. And, and we all have busy schedules too. But if you don't, if you don't shuffle around and hustle for them, you can't expect that same hustle back. Yeah. And I, I think this is really important with, um, higher level, like executive type of clients, like someone who's, Uh, a CEO or someone who's just uh, uh, higher up at their company or just a high performer business owner, maybe just a mom that's managing a lot, they need someone that's gonna take stuff off their plate and make stuff as much done for them as possible. They're still willing to show up and do the work, but the more that things can just be like done for them and like you're gonna be here at this time this day and you don't have to think twice, 
and if anything changes, this is our backup plan and we're going to this next, that, that type of delivery is what they're used to. You know, they, many of them have an assistant or something like that in their regular life. And you in a way need to work with them in a way that like an assistant mm -hmm. would. I think there's a lot of um, coaches that I've come in contact with too who, I mean, we always preach like you are a professional, but in, in a certain aspect, you have to realize that we are their assistant. Like they've hired us. We're their fitness assistant. Like you should come in and have everything laid out for them. You shouldn't make them grab their own barbell and set it up. Like if they're paying you for one-on-one, -on -one, you need to have it laid out. Like, look what I did for you. That also makes them a lot less likely to cancel their session last minute for something that they shouldn't really cancel for because they know how much work you're putting into it and they don't want to fail you even more. They know, oh, Mel's got everything laid out for me by now. I know that my child just pooped their pants, but I'm just going to tell her I'm going to be a couple seconds late. I'm not going to cancel and just explode my morning because I know she's going to be there with everything. By now, this time, she's got it all laid out and ready to go and I can't break her heart like that. You know, like you've got to be that assistant for them. And I think a lot of coaches look at it as like, I'm a professional, this is my block of time that I've set out for you, and you're gonna come into my space. More like a doctor at an appointment, you know, mm -hmm. more like a chiropractor sets out these blocks of time for people, instead of looking at it like, no, you're the help. You know, mm -hmm. like we're, we need to be a professional while we're in that environment, but we're also that person who's here for him, here for them as a hired help. Yeah, I think you can look at it like how companies hire like contractors. Like, the thing I like to think about is like, I have to do a good job or they'll easily go hire a new contractor and mm -hmm. I want to be their mm -hmm. contractor. Like, I want that work. Yeah. Um, and if I want that work, then I have to do a good enough job that they want to stay with me um, because there, there's a lot of personal trainers out there who can get them into shape, right? But I want to do be a personal trainer who can do more than that. So um, I have to show that on a daily basis. Like you said, I think the example you gave of just having the room ready is a really simple one, but it does make a big difference. So uh, the other thing I want to touch on, we've touched on it a little bit, but I think it really needs to be emphasized is the energy you bring, the mindset you bring, the confidence you bring. This, you mentioned the leading by example. How can you get someone to feel that in a console or in a conversation in terms of the way you carry yourself, the way you show up, the way you, you talk, you ask questions, you're present with them. And it's, it's really piecing together everything that we've said, but you have to be really confident you can help this person and deliver a result. And you have to be able to portray that in a sales conversation. And then in every session they show up, like there's a purpose to what we're doing. We're on a mission here. We're, we're working towards something every day versus just like oh, okay let me grab this let me grab that okay we're gonna cool all right sweet you're here for group classes like it there it's not casual it might be calm but there's a confidence there that it, it's i don't know it's hard to put in words mm -hmm. but i know both of you guys have done a ton of consults you understand what i'm talking about where someone who hasn't done a lot of these the the true sit down hour-long sales consult where someone's cried in front of you or someone's telling you like, oh geez, I, I feel like I'm going to my therapist right now. This is kind of cool. Like until they, until you felt that, it's hard to really explain that. Go ahead. So in all honesty, from my standpoint, like 
the only reason I feel confident going into any of those conversations is because I have no idea how it's going to turn out. Meaning, like, I don't know if I can actually help you yet. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going into it like, oh, I can help everyone because I can't. So if I go into it with that kind of confidence, that's just, that's just, I'm just faking that. That's not real. But going back to what we said, like, the very first thing was, like, I'm actually listening. So as I'm taking in information, I start getting more and more confident because I'm like, okay, I can fix this. I can help you fix this. I can drag you along with me and we can get to that destination. But it's, it's, a, it's almost like an earned confidence, I guess you could say. Like along the path, I'm earning the confidence through the conversation, but I don't necessarily go in feeling confident. I go in with like a, a curiosity of like, I don't know if I can help you or not. And I think that's what makes me feel calm, I guess. I think even before the conversation happens, a lot of this stuff happens in, in actions that are not, it's not about like, oh, I'm puffing up my chest and I'm looking confident. It's showing up on time, being overprepared, having a notebook with you to write down to show how intently you're listening to them. Like certain actions speak so loud, body language, sitting up with good posture, making eye contact, you know, not checking your phone if it vibrates. Like certain things are just so big for people to say like, you are my focus, this is the time I've set for you, this is your time. And those kind of moments where you lead by example in that way, I'm never gonna reschedule on you. If you're my client, I might ask you to shift a few minutes if I'm you know, coaching unexpectedly for someone who's sick, I might say, hey, this event happened. But I think it works a lot for you and I both being parents they know I've got young kids. They know I have a lot of unpredictable stuff in my life, but they know I'm going to handle it and take care of them because that's the time I've committed to them. You know, there's not times where I'm going to say, hey, I can't make it today because my son is sick. I'm going to say, hey, I might be a few minutes late because I have to get my son to my husband, but I'm going to be there for you, you know? Yeah, I think you guys both really nailed it more than I was even thinking. And it just came to me that that, that level of presence and curiosity and just being there with someone is so rare for someone these days that when they feel that it, it it feels different and it feels different for you too because you spend your day mostly distracted and I find that these sales conversations or working with someone one-on-one -on -one can be meditative in a way because it's just like you and that person and you're just in it with them and and just really trying to understand what it is they're struggling with and what it is that they want to achieve is it's amazing yeah we're in a society now that's not as connected as humans as we used to be so those moments where you get to deeply connect with someone even if it's not even if it doesn't even result in a sale like it is an awesome experience yeah and i was gonna i was actually gonna go back to that and touch on that like this is a a sales conversation and i think the part that most people lack when they go into the sales conversation or i guess not lack, what they bring too much into the sales conversation is I'm about to make a sale and that's all they can think about is making the sale instead of just listening to what they're saying, which is gonna probably lead you to the sale more often than not. Whereas if you're like, all right, I'm gonna have to win this negotiation between how much they're gonna pay or how much they're willing to pay and how much I want them to pay and things like that. Like that's like, and that's so far like down the line for what we do when we have a, a consultation. Of course that has to come at some point. But like I said, if, if you're struggling with being confident going into the sale, then don't look at it like you're about to make a sale. Look at it like you're just getting to know that person and why they're even coming into your facility. And then those things, those conversations become a lot easier in the end. But if you're leading up front with, I'm about to make money, then 
yeah, it could be awkward and having confidence going into that's pretty tough. I have had um, a lot of coaches express to me and, and I've kind of tried to mentor them in this way of like looking at it as like a win or loss because you said like, oh, mm, I'm going to win yeah. that. But like the feeling of like, oh, they didn't sign up with me, so I lost and, and taking that internally as an ego. And the, the thing that I push back and kind of ask them is like, were they ready to commit? Like, is it, is it their time to commit? You know, because there's a lot of people who we know they need this. But they also have to be ready to commit that time. They have to be willing. They have to be totally bought into themselves. So it's not just about buying into you. It's not a reflection of you. It's this is not the right time in their life. You know, they're about to deliver a baby. Should they be coming in for exercise? No. Did you talk to them about nutrition? Maybe. Let's, you know what I mean? Like shifting the conversation based on people's scenarios and making sure that that person is actually ready because a lot of people can have all of these burning building issues that they need to fix whether it's like a broken shoulder or you know 50 pounds of pure body fat that they need to lose but if they're not ready to do the work they're not going to do it so it doesn't matter how much money you get from them or don't get from them they're not going to follow through yet they've got to get to a certain point to be able to get to it agreed yeah i want to share one last example because this was part of what spawned the podcast was I did a consult with someone yesterday and she um, she was definitely all about it. She was excited to get started and we're recording this beginning of December, but the thing that came up is she's seasonal in, in here in Jupiter and she was about to head back up north for the holiday season and she wasn't going to be back until first of the year. And, you know, I was really willing to start with her in the first of the year and you know, I, I felt like, okay, potentially we do wait until then. And then as we talked about her story, she, she told me how many times she's put on the weight and taken it off, put on the weight and taken it off. And she's, she's good at taking it off. She knows how to do that. And she can, she can do that consistently, but she doesn't ever want to do that again. She wants to get it off and she wants to keep it off for good. And I just, I just said to her, I said, you know, we don't have to crush it these next three weeks of December. But if you mentally wait until January to do anything to truly start, you're setting yourself up for, for failure. And, and then I was like, what do you want out of the next three weeks where you feel like maybe we didn't crush it, but we did something to move you forward? And she said, well, I can tell you what I don't want. And she said, I don't want to be sitting here three and a half weeks from now with another 10 pounds on my body. And then right then and there, we both mutually decided that she was going to start today. She paid on the spot for one of our, our bigger packages. And, and we worked together on a plan. We actually kind of had to mold our plan. So that way, because she was going to miss, she was paying for a package that included some group classes and some one-on-one -on -one training. And how can we work with her? But the details wasn't that important. It was about figuring out and getting her on board with this idea that even when, when life's busy, even when I'm up north, I have to still do things that are either going to be damage control or feel like I'm still moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I wasn't in the consult, so I don't know, but I, I resonate with that mindset of like, I'm going to set this date for past the holidays mm -hmm. because I know how much damage I'm going to do and it's going to give me the license and less stress to do that damage knowing that I can repair it in January instead of getting the support for the hardest times of the year when you need that coaching the most to get through those without that self-sabotage. 
because likely you are going to see a 10 pounds heavier her in January. And she knew that in her statement almost. And she, she already told you what her pattern was. Her pattern was lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. And she already told you, I'm okay to wait until January. So she was repeating that pattern already. Like, well, I can wait, whatever, three and a half more weeks. Like, no, let's stop the pattern that you want to stop. Start right now. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go from there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's wrap it up there. Hopefully this was helpful for you guys. If you have any questions or comments, shoot me an email, andrew at fittown.com, or you can shoot them an email at their first names at fittown.com. We'll see you in the next episode.